Hey, welcome back to the channel. Uh, following the theme of last week, we're about to watch a video where we go inside a private training room with some of our clients. It was a small group in the room and a bigger group online. And, uh, and on this one, I really draw a line between where you are today and where you wanna be in the future. Like, what is this dream that you have? And then we get really practical about how to make sure that today lines up with that dream. Let's go to the video. One of the questions I've got for you is, how intentional is your time with the Lord? We find ourselves obviously, you know, somewhere through COVID. And I think to a large degree, there have been some things in our lives that have fallen by the wayside. Some things in our life have really increased. There's, there's been a lot of really healthy things in people's lives that have come out of COVID. Some of them is the idol worship that we might have let into our lives beforehand has disappeared. Idol worship around getting some sort of status out of working 24 hours a day and bleeding out of your eyeballs. Like society used to worship that as a concept and I think we've realized that that's not something to be worshipped now that we've all spent time on our bikes and whatever and, 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 and kind of, well, maybe not in Victoria, you're only allowed to go for, was it like four steps past your letterbox or something? But understanding, like, there's, there's a lot of idols that have been broken. I think there's a lot of church pastors in the world right now who are realizing that 36-year building program we've been on, where we've put people under an immense amount of pressure to, buy, to pay off a building, and now we can't even use it. Hmm, I wonder. I just wonder whether that's been as valuable as I thought. Like, I think there's a lot of things that have been smashed. But I think, I think there is another thing that has maybe been smashed is, is time with the Lord. And so some people during COVID would have gone the other way and spent lots of time. And then some people, I think probably the majority of people, have let some of those disciplines go by the wayside. So I just want to talk about that for a minute and go, what does intimacy need to look like now if we're going to move forward? Like coming out of the back of COVID, we're going to go through a whole period of prosperity. We always do, right? as a world, but as a nation. And you want to be positioned well for that as a kingdom entrepreneur. And positioned well for that means... <laughs> You know, you need to be hearing the voice of the Lord clearly to take advantage of what's coming, all right? You know, you know I did a video on the transfer of wealth. Well, that wasn't, a, the transfer of wealth didn't happen, you know, eight weeks ago. It's a continual journey that's going to happen now and, and out of the back of this. And if you want to be part of the transfer of wealth from the wealth of the wicked stored up for the righteous, then, then you're going to have to be able to hear from the Lord and spend time with the Lord. And I just wonder, what does that need to look like for you moving forward? And do you need a bit of a realignment in that? And uh, one of the things that I really quite like as a concept is the concept of the hiding place. The hiding place. And, and there are people from Scripture that had a physical hiding place, quite often because their life was in jeopardy, right? Um, but David didn't have a physical hiding place, but he had a hiding place. Listen to this. This is cool. We've had a few psalms this morning, so we're going to have another one. <clears throat> Psalm 32, 7. So, so before this, David has gone on to confess all of his sins before God and thank God for his mercy and his grace, which is a beautiful thing to do. But then he says this, you are my hiding place. Well, that's a novel concept. It means that it's not, it doesn't have to be a physical place that you go and hide yourself in so you can go away and pray. What David's saying is, you are actually my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. You are my hiding place. So I wonder if we take that into what does that look like in our, you know, the 168 hours that we have in a week, 
what would it look like if he became our hiding place, practically? Everyone would be different. And it, by the way, it's meant to be different. I know for me, what does it look like for me? It's not a physical place. So I take Tuesday mornings off every single week. And that is my time. Half a day a week and pray and listen and whinge and bleat to the Lord and petition and get frustrated. Might have been a swear word once or twice. Just being honest. I don't think he minds as long as you're talking to him. So, and, and by the way, sometimes, like literally, sometimes it's on the couch. So on Tuesdays, so, so three kids, one of, them, one of them, the youngest one, only goes to school two days a week. That's not a bad deal. Eh? So that she goes to school Mondays and Tuesdays. So on a Tuesday morning, I try and get Kimberly out to do the school run and stay out. Like just get coffees, you know, halloumi sandwiches, whatever you need to do. Just stay out. Pilates, whatever she wants to call it. She says Pilates, and then all I see is a photo of a coffee shop, so I'm not quite sure how that works. But. So I'll be, like, sometimes it's on the couch. Right? I've got this really large couch, and it's double deep, so you literally have to commit by throwing yourself into it. Right? It's beautiful. And I sit there with probably three different versions of a Bible, a concordance, uh, whatever I'm studying, a laptop for research, and a notebook and write, and just pour through stuff. But then sometimes I'll just go to a coffee shop and also take two Bibles and a concordance. That's always an interesting point of conversation, to go to a coffee shop and then just lay all your Bibles out and learn. You know, you get some interesting looks. I'll tell you a funny story. I had this woman come past me the other day. She's, walking, she's an elderly lady, beautiful woman. I don't even know her, but she walks past. And I, she goes like this. She goes, she mouths the words, really animated, Bible. I'm like, <laughs> it's not China. You know, like, <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's like it was the biggest thing in her week that somebody had a Bible in public, you know. So, so I, you know, and, and so for me, just to give you an idea of how I do that time, I actually go on protracted periods of learning a topic. I'm not trying to sit there going, right, I must, I must be able to recite Acts 2. I, I, I just... It would be really good for you to know Acts 2. But I, but I just think rote learning a few lines is not going to give you as many weapons of warfare as studying the people around King David. You know, like, I, I, don't, I just pick something random. Like, like, actually going and studying something for many weeks and going deep and, and drilling it all out and researching stuff outside of the Bible gives you, gives you deep wells to draw from. And... And I think if we're not leading that charge, first of all, who is? And second of all, I, I just don't understand how you can build a really large tower if your foundations aren't deep and strong. So, so I wonder if we need a bit of a realignment in our intimacy with God program and where that time is going to come from because you can only do so many things in a week. You know, kind of fleshy wisdom would say, here's an interesting one that I hear more often than not. Oh, no, I don't need to do that. I speak to God all the time. Right. Right. So Jesus went away for intense periods of time to spend time with his dad, but you don't need to? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's as well as, you know, it's not one or the other. It's not spending an intense time with the Lord or spending time with him every day. I think it's 
spending intense time with the Lord and having him in everything you do every day. So, and I just know for me, when I have that time with the Lord, okay, there's, there have been times when I haven't. Like during summit season, that's quite a challenge, right? Because there's normally packing an entire event to go on an airplane tomorrow type scenario. And I just know that I just get, what's the word? I don't know, maybe even, maybe even my own strength is what comes out when I'm not spending that time with the Lord. I start to do things a lot more with my own, you know, wisdom, knowledge, whatever. And it's just never going to result in great things. Whereas when I recalibrate and spend that time, intense time with the Lord, there's an, there's an element of peace that comes from that time that you can't get when you don't spend it. And that element of peace could be the difference maker in you completely screwing up your own life by following your own wisdom or actually just taking a breath and saying, all right, God's got this, we're going to be okay. Like, it's, it's a difference maker, it's practical. Um, and so, you know, for me, I just pick random topics to go learn because it's, you know, for me, it's not even so much the topic I'm learning. It's the process and the other stuff that comes out of researching the topic that actually often means more to me than the topic. So I'll give an example, and I've probably shared this somewhere. I spent six weeks, so six Tuesday mornings, studying the 100 years before Christ. The 100 years before Christ's birth, which is not documented in the Bible because the Bible finishes about 450 years before Jesus' birth, right? Or actually, that's not quite true because there's a bit of time before Jesus' birth, but there's a 450-year black hole. So then you've got to look outside of the Bible, and I'll tell you what's really interesting is there are at least 27 other books that were put into chapter and verse, that never made the Bible. And you can see why, because I went and read some of them. And you can see the agenda that's pushed through them. It's really, really intense, which is why, obviously, God never wanted them in a Bible. But, but you can still gain an, a huge amount of wisdom about what's going on in first century Palestine, you know, around that time. And, and, and by the way, as I learned that stuff, it's the other stuff that really mattered, you know, I mean, weirdly enough, reading about the Maccabees. If you don't know who the Maccabees are, you're missing out. Like, it's that stuff. So, um, by the way, don't go, if you don't want to know that, don't go study that stuff. I'm just giving you an example. Kind of strange thing to go and study. But there's so much depth. So much depth in that stuff. So, I, I guess, you know, I want to push you into taking it even more seriously than you do today, not knowing how seriously you take it today. But I think the answer is going to be take it a little bit more seriously today. And, and if you're spending a large amount of time, then I wonder if you just need to be more intentional with that time so that it's less about the lattes and more about Leviticus or something like that. So if you struggle with that and you don't have one, then you need to make getting a dream your dream because, because it would be a sad existence if you get to the end of your life and you haven't done something great with all the talents God put inside of you. So, so I think, you know, if you don't have that, then you should go crystallize it. The reason why I labor the point about what are these dreams that you have is because it's actually incredibly practical with what we do with that information starting today. We need to be on the tracks today that get us to that destination and we can't get caught in the thinking around, but when this happens, I will start. Because when this happens is actually today. 
it would be kind of ridiculous to plant tomato seeds and expect strawberries to grow. Just as it would be just as crazy to take one course of action today expect that, that doesn't line up with achieving your dream, expecting you to achieve a dream. So if I'm going to bring that down to something that should shift us in our focus on a day-by-day basis, your ability to achieve your dream or not achieve your dream will come down to your ability to work in or on your business. One of the reasons why you guys are not growing as fast as you would like to is because you spend far too much time in your business and not enough time on your business. And let me tell you, you will not achieve your dream if you work in your business. Your dream is too big for you to get caught up in your business all day, every day. I would even go so far as to say you will not achieve your dream if you spend the vast majority of time in your business and a little bit of time on your business. It's not enough. Life is fairly short. So for every year that you are on the hamster wheel, you are a year further away from achieving your dream because every single one of you came up with an amount of money or a movement or an idea that is much, much, much bigger than where you are today. And if that's the case, then something needs to shift today. And the most practical thing I can make it is you're spending too long in your business and you're not doing the things that matter working on your business to move the needle to get you towards your dream. And so that's okay. I could let you stay on that course and you might be happy. But the problem is you won't be happy when you get older because you will not be able to fulfill your dream. It starts today. And maybe it's already started, but we're going to speed it up today. Every single day that goes by, you need to be considering how can I spend more time on my business? On my business. More time on your business is the answer for you to achieve your dream. And I can prove it. Because you guys just told me. So let's take... Craig and Cassie. What are the chances of these guys building eight locations that produce $100,000 profit if they are still the people that answer the phone, book in the job, chase up the customer complaint, run the equipment, go grab the mail, make sure the milk's in the fridge? What are the chances? Slim. Real slim. Does that make sense? So, you know, and then we had, a, so Rodney comes up and says, I need about two million because I want to do this great work for the Lord. I want to build a, you know, buy a farm and I want to see people go from, from, from a victim mentality to a victor mentality and build a village where people get to experience Christ. I'm like, it's a big goal, Rodney. You need to start with two million. My guess is going to come to more than that over time. So then Rodney looks at his day and goes, right, so I get up in the morning, I, I, I go to the thing, I, I answer this, I've got this complaint, I've got to go here, I've got to sack this team member. Rodney, that's not going to get you where you need to go. Those don't line up. Because as long as you're doing all those little micro jobs in the business, you don't get the time or the profitability or the scale to throw out 
two million bucks to go buy a farm. Does this make sense? Obviously not yet, only to Jeffrey. All right, so Jacob. Jacob wants to run several profitable businesses. Now, I'm going to pick on Jacob a little bit because he's a tough country guy, so he'll be able to handle it. Jacob says, I want to run several profitable businesses and I want to build homes in Australia that throw off enough cash that I can build homes in third world countries, giving people dignity and shelter. He didn't say that. I'm just adding some emotion. And then yesterday, Jacob like, I haven't got around to employing. Do you remember that? Remember that, Jacob? Now, to his credit, he wrote his ad last night when we were all out partying. He wrote his employment ad and got me to check it. So to his credit, he took action. But let's go back 24 hours from today. Jacob's like, I haven't got around to employing somebody, but I want several profitable businesses in my lifetime that make money. Those two, they cannot coexist. You cannot have, oh, I just haven't got around to employing somebody. And we're going to run more than one profitable business. Do you see where we're going here? You are incongruent with your dreams when you spend all of your time, or the majority of time, working in your business. Please understand, I'm not saying, right, just give it all away and become a CEO. Like, somebody's got to do the work. I understand that. But I wonder if we could shift the ratio between in and on effective immediately. All right, so we're going to do a little exercise on the board here, right? We're going to go in and on. So I wonder if we were to go and audit your week or your day, but maybe a week is a, is a fairer summary. I wonder if I was to audit your week, what percentage of your week are you working in and what percentage are you working on? What percentage are you in as the hamster on the wheel and what percentage are you locked away in a private space where you are uncontactable executing on the strategic initiatives that scale your business. No sleep, no rest. Might crash, might wreck. But first I stretch. Tell them run it on.